Welcome to the Alex Kennedy Podcast, which is brought to you by BasketballNews.com. This is episode number 18. We post new episodes every week, so make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Joining me today is Mike Gallagher, who's a senior NBA analyst and fantasy basketball expert for Establish the Run NBA. He produces a ton of great content, including the NBA 3-Ball Show on YouTube, which is a daily 10-minute video breaking down the previous night's big performances, notable injuries, and best ads. Make sure you're following Mike on Twitter at Mike S. Gallagher so you don't miss any of his work. Mike, thanks for joining me. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this. uh, And I appreciate you putting up with my DMs and uh, (laughs) my tweets at you in recent months. Uh, I've gotten into fantasy basketball pretty hard. I've I've been obsessed with fantasy football for many years, but I never really played fantasy basketball until this season or, you know, very recently. So uh, I'm constantly bugging you about (laughs) about, you know, players to add trades I should make and stuff like that. So I appreciate your patience with me. Uh, But I feel like more and more people are kind of in the same boat as me. I I feel like fantasy basketball is growing. Uh, I know that Big platforms like Sleeper and Owner's Box are, they recently added fantasy basketball. The fantasy industry seems to be covering fantasy basketball more too, uh, you know, in recent years. What are you seeing when it comes to the growth of fantasy basketball? Yeah, well, really, um, this DFS to me is where it kind of starts for growth. I mean, I was pretty much strictly season long for a while. And even when DFS was going on, I wasn't too, you know, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And it was really cool because like for me, I played a lot of deep leagues, so I like the waiver wire pickups and guys who are good for the day. So like DFS is like awesome. Like why don't I get into this sooner? But that's really changed everything. And yeah, I mean honestly, like a while ago, obviously, in the start of the internet changed everything with fantasy football and everything too. So, um, but yeah, the growth has been awesome, and so many people are interested in fantasy. Whether it's you know people who even aren't even basketball fans, they just like to play fantasy. It's really cool. Like people who are DFS players are just good at like numbers and figuring out the right teams. It's really cool. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to stick to redraft for now, but uh, it's yeah. been it's been fun kind of diving in. But let's talk about some redraft uh, players and and people that have kind of impressed you. Um, who have been some of the biggest surprises so far? Uh, I mean, you got to really start with Julius Randle, especially if you play like category leagues, because Randle was routinely a guy that was points, rebounds, really nothing else. Now he has assists. Now he has threes. Now he's not turning the ball over as much. His defensive stats are there. So, like, he was really a guy that generally, like, actually Brandon Ingram was, like, that last year most improved player because he had a lot of holes in his game. So, what Julius Randle did, and people, I play in a lot of leagues where people had to know what they're doing. Randle's always slid. And people getting him in, you know, eighth, ninth round of the drafts and just totally cashing in on an early round guy has been something I didn't see. And I guess another one, um, this Terry Rozier, again, like, he, his catch-and-shoot game grew so much last year. Now he's arguably one of the best catch-and-shoot guys. So um, a guy that I wasn't expecting to take another leap forward and really playing with LaMelo has kind of unlocked his off-ball game, which, would, which is what he focused on this offseason. So uh, all that off-ball work has really helped him as far as, like, veterans go. And, I mean, LaMelo, right? Like, you, we don't want thought LaMelo was going to be this good. So, um, yeah, he's, those are probably three guys that jump out to me. But, so, I mean, like you mentioned Christian Wood and like these other guys, they're all, like, yeah, we talked a lot about every, Christian Wood by this yeah, point. Yeah, uh, sure. well, of the season, everybody, was, yeah, everybody yeah. is into Christian Wood. Michael Porter Jr., Chris Boucher sure. is another guy, another fantasy darling. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Wood in the beginning of the year, he was just so surprising, so everyone talked about him. But um, yeah, yeah Lamelo. I gotta say Jeremy Grant too, really quick. Like, oh yeah, because a cool stat on him, he was so assisted. Like his jumpers were assisted ninety-one percent of the time. His um, you know, shots to the rim were assisted 19% of the time. That's like doubled and tripled um, now that he's like the man. So that's really cool. 
Yeah, LaMelo's a great one too. Uh, I'm in a 10-team league and he wasn't drafted. And so after the draft, I was kind of looking at it and I was like, wait a second, this is ridiculous. So I dropped, I forget who I dropped, but I picked him up. But yeah, he's been incredible. I mean, oh my I, God. no one saw this coming. I, and I was, I always joke, I never thought I'd be watching this much uh, Hornets basketball. I, I mm, definitely did not fun. expect. They're so much fun. I mean, I, I love yeah. watching this team. I was wrong about Gordon Hayward and the impact that he's had. Uh, and yeah, LaMelo's been incredible. So he's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh who are some of the biggest disappointments so far for you guys that maybe you were higher on that haven't lived up to the hype? Uh, it was Robert Covington up until about kind of two weeks ago. Um, so he was just missing everything. And what really happened was, and I could, I kind of knocked him down on this once I, once I saw like they had their backward front court rotation kind of filled because he thrived in Houston because he was a center. So his block rate as a center close to the basket that helped him. But um, now Harry Giles isn't there. Cantor can't play big minutes, so he's finding center minutes, and those those blocks are up, and he's hitting shots. But um, yeah, other than that, the the big guys, it was definitely Devin Booker. Um, he was a guy that was really kind of not coming together. His minutes with Chris Paul were really down, but now they're staggering Devin Booker, and he's shooting. And he actually said he likes the crowd, so that's helped him too. So he's starting to come around as well. But um, yeah, Booker was probably the poster child, excluding injuries, of guys who are like should have taken a leap and took a step back. Who are some guys that are by low targets, uh, you know, through trades? I, I feel like, um, you know, like earlier this season, I, I was like targeting a, a number of different players. And uh, I think you and I talked about it. I was able to trade Chris Boucher uh, and Jamal Murray for Bam Adebayo. And you know, so I kind of sold high on Boucher, was able to get Bam. And then he's been incredible recently. So I, I'm always looking for those kind of buy low moves to make. Who are some guys that you're targeting in buy low trades? So I put a little list together of kind of high end guys and kind of middle guys and kind of uh, one or two guys that may not be picked up yet. Um, I think Jamal Murray's last three games, he's really come together. And I think it was a combination of his knee injury and like his elbow injury and all these little injuries that were dinging him up. The guy plays through everything. He had double hernia issue when he was a rookie, played in every game. So he doesn't care. He's going to play through it. Now that he's starting to get healthier, I think this little window we've seen is going to sustain to be more bubble Murray. Um, and then just kind of we have a mini window on Jason Tatum by low. This guy is like because like he had the COVID comments where he's like not in a conditioning and all this and that. But like I thought he looked OK. Brad Stevens said he was tired at times. But like th this is like a mini by, by the window to get a guy who could be top five um, because I expect him to start making these shots that he was missing earlier. Um, OG back from injury. We saw how great he was last night with defense, but his stats haven't popped a little by the window here. Um, and honestly, like. Dame, it's not a buy low, but like Dame is money in the bank every year after the break. Every year he's top five. Um, so if you could get him, even like if he has like a two, three bad game, you can't do it now because he's just been otherworldly. But um, yeah, Dame would be a guy, uh, just lower key guys. I think Jay Sean Tate's not getting enough love. Uh, he's been so valuable. He plays two, three, four. He's really good defensively with stats. So I really like him. Josh Jackson, he has his minutes coming up hasn't played well in that time. So he's a guy that I'm certainly trying to get at um, before things really start to blow up. Now that they're putting Sadiq Bey in the starting lineup, they don't really need Wayne Ellington in the starting lineup for spacing. So I like him. Um, Wendell Carter Jr., definitely by the window here. Really disappointed to start the year. Still hasn't gotten right. And then my super low-key guy is Jane McDaniels um, for the Wolves. Uh, I think that first-round pick last year, block shots and shoot threes, hard combo to get. So I think as the Wolves, you know, they really want to tank, right? 40% chance of their last pick. So if they can tank it and hope they get the top three protection, then um, they can they can do well. But they, they can kind of still tank it with Jaden McDaniels, who's been, again, a blocks upside is huge. 
I know some people before this injury were saying Anthony Davis could be a buy low because he wasn't really mm-hmm. blocking as many shots and you weren't getting the kind of production that maybe you had hoped from him with where you drafted him. Now with the injury, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to be out who knows how long, four or five weeks they're estimating. Is it possible you could go to the Anthony Davis owner and who's probably frustrated with not only his play mm-hmm. in the beginning of the year, but also the injury and, and maybe get him for pennies in the dollar. And I, I guess if you're in a situation where you're probably – struggling and near the bottom of the standings you need wins now you wouldn't do it but if your team is rolling and you're looking toward the playoffs could that be a kind of move you make or even like a cj mccullum like some of these injured guys could you see you know those guys as buy low targets yeah anthony davis's owner has to be freaking out like if you took anthony davis and you're in like first second third place like you drafted great um so um yeah it depends on the position position like you said the standings but like he's gonna be managed man like there's no way they're gonna let him play in back-to-backs when he comes back but, I mean, yeah, if you could get him for maybe, say, like, you know, a seventh rounder and you know you can make the playoffs, great. Um, CJ is great. Like, he was top five. He was rolling. There's no doubt about, like, if you can get CJ for anything close to, like, borderline early value, like, he may, he's, he'll probably be back after the break. So, you know, you got two more weeks, and then maybe he comes back another week after that. So that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about trading for injured guys. Like, most people can see through that, though, you know, so they usually yeah. try to. But um, yeah, for sure. It depends on how much. Like, maybe like, you can sort of target guys and yeah. Who are some sell high options? Guys that, you know, are playing really well right now. Uh, like, you know, I mentioned like Boucher earlier. I yeah. was terrified to trade him when I did it. But, mm-hmm. you know, he obviously hasn't been playing as well since that move. But yeah. what are what are some who are some guys that kind of stand out there? Yeah, just on hit of Boucher. He's so matchup driven. Yeah. Like Nick, I spend so many hours trying to figure out Nick Nurse's rotation and I'm wrong so much <laughs> and it infuriates me. But um, yeah, like he's certainly by like, you, like right now he's in a good schedule. He has a couple games coming up. So anyways, um, other guys, I put Kyrie Irving on this list just because the last five seasons he's missed 28 games per season. That's a big number. Yeah. That's what he did earlier. Like he's a little iffy. He's hot right now. So. You could get him a lot for him. Like maybe you could, you know, package him for Dame or somebody like that. Um, I think Alonzo's is so high. Um, that knee injury that kept him out earlier scares me. Um, he had knee injuries earlier. We saw the Lakers when like it, they had like a falling out and how they wanted the treatment to go. That's the same knee. So that's mm-hmm. something that kind of keeps me concerned. Um, Cody Zeller has been pretty good, but the Hornets are really aggressive. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go after, like they're kind of my sleeper team for Andre Drummond, which would actually be a great spot for him. But um, so I could see if you could trade Cody Zeller for like anything decent, that would be really good. Nick Batum has been uh, a waiver wire darling all year, but his catch and shoot shots are so unsustainable. He's like almost 20 effective field goal percentage boost on wide open threes, which is not sustainable. Um, so definitely him and a couple other guys that are kind of on now. Um, Kyle Kuzma, right? You would think he's the clear beneficiary from this Anthony Davis thing, and he is. But like fantasy wise, he's kind of been underwhelming. So um, if you could sell, if someone's like a Laker fan, you know, and you could sell Kuzma. I would do that. And also Tail Maladon's kind of a hot guy, but he's shooting unsustainably well on catch and shoot shots. So if you could kind of get off him and get somebody on the downswing, I would certainly do that. It's interesting that you said Andre Drummond to Charlotte because uh, Spencer Davies, who writes with us at basketballnews.com, yeah. he put together a list of possible destinations and he actually had Charlotte on there too nice. and said, you know, it's possible you could see like a four player return, you know, maybe Cleveland deals Drummond and Dean Wade for uh, Cody Zeller, Malik Monk, Bismack Biombo. There's like a number, and then a fourth yeah. player. There's a number of options there that it could make it that's work. But like, they're one of the only teams awesome. that you can like put together a decent package that makes sense yeah. for both sides. So I think that's interesting. But I guess with yeah. the trade deadline approaching and then the buyout market and all that approaching, how do you 
how do you factor that into when you evaluate players? Because it's hard to tell, okay, is this guy going to have an increased role because someone in the rotation is getting traded? Are they going to, I mean, like Alonzo, there have been trade rumors yep. that he's been somewhere else. How do you kind of factor that in? Yeah, I meant, I meant to say that. Like, Lonzo's going to be, and like, again, we saw, everyone saw Draymond's comments, right? When like, oh yeah, you know, shutting guys down with Drummond and all that. Like, more teams are going to do that. Yeah. So like, these guys, like these Lonzos and these guys on bad teams on expiring deals who are valuable, like, you know, maybe they shut them down uh, now that that's kind of in the cards. That wasn't really a thing until this year up until, you know, two, three days before the deadline, like everyone would do that, but you know, almost over a month um, until the trade deadline to do it is kind of crazy. But um, yeah, so you, it's just standings. And that's really the huge, like I say this all the time, like fantasy football is not really about the standings too much. Obviously week 17 it is, but like if your team's bad, like Cat, for instance, Carl Anthony Towns, like him being on the Wolves and them shutting down and then having to try to keep this protection on their peck, like they could just rest him, you know? So like these things you, you have to kind of account for. So really everyone on a bad team right now that is good, especially if they're older than like Al Horford, for instance, too, right? Like he's a, definitely wants to get traded. Uh, he tweeted out something about Dame the other day. So like, hmm, Blazers trade? <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, they're... Um, yeah, just keep in mind, like, the standings. Well, again, depends on how good your league is, but if, if you could kind of, you know, unload guys on bad teams. like And also, like, John Wall, the Rockets aren't doing well now. He has a ton of injuries. They want to do well in the draft. Like, that's another guy. This is less of a fantasy question, more just an NBA question, but kind of bringing up what you, you talked about, teams sitting players and basically trying to make sure they don't get injured so they can trade them. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like it does hurt your leverage when you're having these trade talks. I feel like it's almost a last resort thing. Like, you know, you're going to want to showcase the guy and, you know, keep your leverage. Cause whenever you do that, you're basically saying, look, we don't want him here. We're going to trade him no matter what. And if we can't trade him, then we're probably gonna have to buy him out. So I feel like it just really hurt. I'm surprised that we've seen that from multiple teams now, because I feel like it kind of hurts your, position in these trade negotiations unless they just have already talked to a ton of different teams there's not much interest so there's not really anywhere the guy's trade value can go uh it's already pretty yeah. low uh, it, do you kind of view it that way as like a last resort or you know maybe i'm missing something here but i don't love that move i feel like it kind of hurts your leverage no i'm totally with you uh i mean i don't really think it hurts because like they're not it's like they're hiding anything unless it's unless they are you know unless the guy's injury history and all this and that but then if the guy's injury history like you don't want to play him because they're hurt but um, yeah, so I'm pretty much with you all the way. I, I will add one thing that was kind of funny last night was Nemanja Bjelica. He's like clearly going to get traded and the Heat have interest because they've been trying to figure out their position at the four for a while. And like he plays 35 minutes last night against the Heat. Like, oh my God, that's so awesome. So like that was a really cool narrative. If you capitalized on it in DFS, you're really sharp. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny how each team has different uh, a different approach. This is definitely just wild to me to, to sit a guy for so long. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if more teams do it or, or how many teams do it. Obviously, we saw it with Drummond and Griffin, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens before the deadline. I want to ask you about some players that have been playing really well, either you know over the last few weeks or just throughout the season, and whether you buy or sell their success, uh, whether you're buying in on them or not. Um, we got a few. I got a list of guys here. Let's start with someone you mentioned, uh, Julius Randle. Do you buy or sell his success? Uh, you know, are you going after him? Are you trying to sell him? How do you feel about Randall? I'm really, I'm kind of a hold. Like, I'm definitely buying what he's doing. And I was impressed to find out that his usage and efficiency with Derrick Rose in the small sample so far has been good. So, you know, you see new pieces, especially a guy who can be ball dominant like Rose. And they're actually playing Rose off ball a lot to get him into a quickly going. So, yeah, I'm generally a buy. The only thing, I'm sorry, a hold. 
But the Knicks are the Knicks. You know, they're probably going to try to go for it. But if they do slip in the standings, then you have the concerns that I was just raising. But, um, you know, the Knicks are back. Uh, I definitely would buy it. Um, again, all I mentioned earlier, all that growth he's had has been – and it's not just shooting. Um, that's really been the key. Like, some guys you see just shoot – like, I mentioned Nick Batum, right? Like, okay, he's not going to sustain that shooting. It's kind of clear. But, like, he has these areas, and his role, his night-to-night role has been consistent. So I'm kind of buying what he's been doing. Okay, buy or sell Tobias Harris, who for whatever reason just plays so much better when Doc Rivers is his coach. Yeah, exactly. He is the Tobias whisperer for sure. <laughs> um, they actually, interestingly, so Ben Simmons didn't play in the last game for the flu. And Doc was like, oh, yeah, it was a coincidence. We actually used him at point guard and shoot around. Like, sure you did, buddy. Why don't you share that Ben Simmons was going to play earlier? Anyway. Um, yeah, like he's been just awesome. And I think playing with Ben and playing with Joel has kind of, and the, and the spacing too, like all these, all these Sixers are doing so much better. Um, and he's just so good across the board. My favorite thing about Tobias, this dude never misses games. So yeah. Um, you know, if you want to sell high on what he's been doing, sure. It's probably not the, this level of sustainability, but I mean, yeah, this guy is night, night in, night out. And he's, it's consistent. Like you usually don't see these cliff games. You usually just see not well he had a big spike game when ben sat but um yeah i mean and i uh, like getting point guard now like that could be really big yeah i've been really impressed even if he comes back down to earth a little bit he should still be pretty productive and you know solid for your team uh chris boucher we talked about him a little bit uh you know how matchup dependent he is the problem is just he's so so tiny so you know so skinny and uh it's tough for him against the bigger centers and stuff like that um you know, we've all, we've all seen some games where he gets in foul trouble and that's been an issue. What are you buying or selling Boucher? Well, his new role is actually good because he's coming off the bench at Aaron Baines and they're playing power forward because prior to what, two games ago when they brought them both off the bench, they only had, I think 19 minutes all season next to each other. And then they saw seven in one game and they saw, I don't know what it was last night, but they were together again. So that's big. You know, mm. I'm always like trying to find new avenues for minutes because if he was just a straight center be in trouble especially because og is so good as a five as pascal as well it's kind of og that plays the five defensively but um i mean yeah you look at the schedule it's like not great and also just to nick nurse said like oh i almost feel bad putting him on dudes who are 100 pounds heavier than him so that was kind of funny <laughs> but um yeah so like looking at their schedule it's like not like today against minnesota is okay but philly that's bad philly that's bad miami that's bad houston possibly good or bad depending if wood's back who said he hopes to be back by the all-star break um yeah so He's again like if you have Christian Wonder team, you just want to sell him when he's going off, like you did, right? Like that's that's kind of the whole thing. And you, like you have to really be hit me up if you have a, if you want to trade Boucher. And I mentioned I mentioned it on my three ball too. Like oh, this is a good Boucher window. So um, yeah, it, it's it, it's definitely matchup dependent, but it's fine though. Like if he has one great game over four games, you're still gonna have a good week. So yeah. Well, while we're on the Raptors, Norm Powell is another one I want to talk about because when he's in the starting lineup, he just destroys and has incredible production. And then whenever everyone's healthy and he's back on the bench, he's been very average. In the beginning of the year, he was really struggling. So what do you make of Norm? So the thing about Norm, like he's clearly better as a starter. Nick Nurse has even said that I like starter Norm. I don't know what it is, but as a starter, he's better. So that makes you think like the starting OG, starting Pascal in the front court. Is that because of Norm or do they like Baines out the front court? What do you think? Like, yeah, do you think that's why? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, with how he's playing, you almost have to try to find ways to get him into the starting lineup. Yeah. And it's funny. So uh, Dishes and Dimes is a Raptors podcast that's on our network. And I've talked to them a lot about it because literally Norm, he's a free agent in my fantasy league. So I've been asking them, what? is this? I know it's crazy. Ew. It's it's a 10 team yeah. league. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot of guys that are on the free agent 
list, but he's by far the best one. So I kept asking, like, is this sustainable? You know, why is he so much better? I don't understand it. And they were basically saying, you know, he feeds off of the starters really well. And they feel like when he's on the bench, he just tries to do too much and yep. basically just, uh, you know, isn't making the smart decisions that he does when he's surrounded by better players. So and I think I think that makes sense. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I think with how he's playing, I feel like they have to try to find ways to get him more involved yeah. or get him on the court with the starters. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I think his playing time is going to be there. But like a couple of things more about Norm, like last year, his splits. Like with Lowry, without Van Vliet, with Van Vliet, without Lowry, without both, with both, they were all like great. And they were actually amazing without both. So like when he hmm. fell off to the bench roll and didn't click, it was like, what's going on here? He's missing shots. His defense suddenly went bad. So yeah, I mean, he's clicking in every which way. Last year, he was like Mr. Transition Bucket. He would get transition buckets all day. Like for the amount of playing time he was getting, it was like the most permanent among, you know, decent volume guys. So like, he's kind of figured it out. So yeah, I would definitely add him. That's that I, I kept like going to add him and then I would back out because I was like, okay, well, it, it, over the last like week or two, it's like, okay, well, OG is going to be back. And then I kept talking myself yeah. out of it, but you're right. They're going to find a way to keep him on the court. Right. And, like his so. usage may be down a tick, but like his steals have come up again. He's doing other stuff. He's passing better. And like, honestly, his defense is better, not statistically so much, but like that's going to keep him on the court. So like, yeah, yeah, you'll take, you know, maybe just say, call it, you know, 20% per minute dip. That's a lot which is unlikely. And if he's still getting the normal playing time, like, cool. Like, it's going to be, like, guys like Bambry, Terrence Davis, and all these other guys who's in playing time. Like, Norm's going to get his 32 minutes or whatever. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, the next guy, we talked about him a little bit, Terry Rozier. Uh, he's been incredible this season. Uh, are, are you buying that? Are you yeah. selling? What do you, how do you feel about Terry? Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a little bit of um, a sell just because he's, like, like I said, like, otherworldly all of a sudden at catch-and-shoot threes. He's, like, the, him and Joe Harris are, like, A and B. On who's doing well and like i said he had a lot of growth last year but not this much so definitely expect if you could trade him for like what um uh, mccollum right like that that'd be a really good trade yeah um you could someone safer high. yeah but he's been great i mean there's no denying that i didn't expect to be this good so uh, i'm like i'm mostly buying like i think he'll be you know lately he's been like top 20 but um i think he'll kind of land in that 50 60 range which is still better than what you got him at you probably spend around pick 100 to get him yeah no that's good advice uh thaddeus young he's someone that i was bugging you about i remember uh <laughs> we were talking you were talking about just his production and especially his assist his facilitating it's been yeah. impressive i didn't know okay you know who should i drop to get him but he's been playing really well is that something that is sustainable and are you buying or selling yeah um definitely selling because of the situation i mean wendell carter jr they want to get him going like as bad as he's been he's definitely their future pro their future project and like the role that that is in now is great. Like Billy Donovan generally has helped his big men get assists. We saw it with Steven Adams last year and other guys as well, just because he likes to get the ball. Um, he calls it in the pocket um, to kind of distribute the ball. So he's really been great, but um, I'm just concerned they trade him, honestly. Um, so any trade would just destroy his value because he's in such a great spot right now. So if you could trade him for anything decent, I would certainly do it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's the kind of guy that, you know, playoff teams, contenders, they're going to be circling yeah. like vultures trying to pick him away oh from my Chicago. God, yeah, yeah he, so many, like, how great is he? Like, he's playing the five, like, he's the ultimate. He can't shoot, but, I mean, he's just so well-rounded. He can, such a switchable guy. He can fit anywhere gonna, with any anywhere. team. Anywhere. Yeah. Name a team, like, any team. Yeah, legitimately. Be great. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think he probably gets traded. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Three more guys for you. Uh, Kyle Anderson. I don't know what to make of Kyle Anderson because he was someone that was putting up monster numbers throughout, you know, the early part of the season. I think he was like 
you know, he was way exceeding expectations. He's still putting up solid numbers, but I know he's been dropped in a lot of leagues. What do you, how do you feel about Anderson? Um, so the three pointers all of a sudden, like you saw that game, what against the Pelicans was it where he had like four corner threes in two minutes. It was crazy. Yeah. It was the Pelicans. Um, or no, it was Charlotte, Charlotte. Um, so yeah, like just even taking his stats aside, how many things can undo this guy? Like you got Jaron Jackson, you got Justice Winslow, both those dudes are cutting into his minutes. And even like, if you go back to before all these injuries in the off season, it was like, is Kyle Anderson even going to be in a rotation? And like, yeah, like there's going to be so many guys coming. Like they want to play Desmond Dane. They want like there's so many guys, and it's great. And as much as Taylor Jenkins likes him at the four, again, there's just no way he could consistently hang near 30 minutes once all these guys come back. Again, even if it's only Jaron or only Justice Winslow. Yeah. Then the last two I have for you are both players on the Detroit Pistons, DeLon Wright and Sadiq Bay. Uh, we could probably even throw Josh Jackson in there too, just because he's been at times playing really well. What do you make of that whole Detroit situation? <laughs> yeah. Well, DeLon's name popped up in, in a trade and that would be really bad. Uh, he's in such a great spot. We know Dwayne Casey likes it from his Raptors days too. So yeah, if you could trade him high, like all about that. We don't know when Killian Hayes is coming back. So if you remember before Killian Hayes got hurt, Dewan was like out of the rotation. So yeah, um, yeah him losing, you know, him losing a, a team or to Killian, there's so many ways to undo what he's been. He's been great. So yeah, he would definitely be a sell high. Uh, I'm in on Sadiq Bay hardcore. Um, again, this team's bad. They're going to develop him. I'm, I've, I'm convinced that him winning Easter Conference Player of the Week. He didn't, you know, he, the Blake news came just before that did. But, like, that week, him playing so well was why they shut Blake down. Like, oh, no, dude, we're playing Sadiq, period. Um, and jo- I mentioned Josh Jackson. I like Josh Jackson. Um, maybe a trade undoes, what he, but they like him. He had a great preseason. Casey loves him. So, kind of called it a new start for him. So, I think they see him as part of their future. So, yeah, I really like Josh Jackson. The guy who's, uh, if he shoots better, he can be really, really good. All right, so we asked our listeners for some questions, so I want to throw them your way. Let's start with a question from Shayar Solati. They asked, I traded Malcolm Brogdon for De'Aaron Fox in a points league. Was this a good decision? And I'm curious for your answer here because I have Brogdon as well. So I'm, I, you know, he's been amazing this year for me. I've been so pumped to have him. But would you trade Malcolm Brogdon for De'Aaron Fox in a points league? Yeah, so quickly on Brogdon too. Like he had that little dip, you know, that four or five game dip when he was missing everything. It was because he was missing drives. All his drive shots were just not falling. And he's a really drive dependent scorer. So he's back now. Um, they, yeah, he's back. Um, I would take Brogdon. And it's because I buy the Pacers' schedule and stand, position in the standings. Um, you know, they're going to be going for a playoff spot. Whereas the Kings, while they played well, they're certainly not a lock. Um, so I see them pretty much neck and neck. I'd pretty much I'd go a slight edge to Fox for like injury concerns because Brogdon had that heel thing and other injuries in the past. While Fox himself, he had that grade three ankle sprain. He hasn't exactly been too healthy in his career either. So it's close to wash, but the team position and standing certainly gives me the Brogdon edge because they've, they've been really neck and neck per game. As great as Fox has been lately too. Fox has really, really turned it on. Yeah, Fox has been incredible too recently. I, I one thing I think one of the reasons why I've been so high on Brogdon is I know on uh, three ball you guys you, you've talked about how you know the Pacers offense is very predictable and this role for Brogdon is so attractive because you know how he's going to be used. Um, and I know from in the offseason you were pretty high on him as well, if oh, I remember yeah. correctly. So I think that's one of the reasons why he's on my team to be honest. So thank nice. you for that. But um, 
So do you do you worry at all about Karis LeVert? I mean, I, I'm not sure. I think no. they were saying that he might be back in March, potentially. TJ Warren, you know, is out indefinitely, but he could come back at some point. Are you worried that when those guys are back, maybe the offense changes a little bit? Or are you convinced that Brogdon's good no matter what? I mean, he'll take a little bit of a hit. But, I mean, hey, you know, maybe if he takes a little bit of a usage hit, maybe that makes him most likely to be hurt. So, I mean, it's, it's a fair trade-off. That's but, true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm not worried about Warren. I'm not worried about. Le- I mean, I'm more worried about Levert because Levert's more of an on-ball guy, where Warren's more of like a cutter and you know one dribble. He could still be somewhat assisted, so that would kind of help his assist rate. Whereas Levert isn't as assistive as much, so that would affect him a little bit more there. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. And like to your point, like we've never seen this with with Karis Levert before. So I know his doctor said eight weeks, which would put him mid March. But like, is that mid March from scrimmaging? Is that mid March from whatever? So like, if he's not back until you know maybe mid-April like okay that's really far down the line which we don't even know that yet so yeah uh, if you know if if Brogdon's owner is concerned about that I would certainly be knocking on the door yeah good call um the next question is from at one fast dog they said I'm in a head-to-head points league with bonus points for double doubles so as an Andre Drummond owner I'm curious what potential landing spots will offer up enough minutes for Drummond to continue being a double double threat so I guess what are some landing spots that you want to see Drummond land if you're hoping that he can keep the double doubles up? Charlotte, end of list. <laughs> That's really all I all I could see. I mean, I don't want him going to Toronto. Um, I mean, Toronto's been linked to them closest. Obviously, there was the Nets buyout rumor as well. That would be really bad. Uh, I think that Nash wants to go small, so Drummond would really just be a role piece, um, you know, to play. He wouldn't play thirty minutes there. It's really just Charlotte. Like you look around the league, and most of Owen. I don't think the Spurs would trade for him. Or yeah, Dallas was mentioned know. as like a yeah. possibility, but that's probably more as a buyout, uh, just because there's yep, really yep. no way to make a trade happen. Um, yeah, Carlisle loves that spaced out lineup. Like he wouldn't get 30 minutes there. So the yeah, Knicks, you're definitely. But then Mitchell Robinson comes back, and then you know yep. who knows what happens. Yeah, yeah Charlotte's kind of the only one. Yep, yep. I mean, I guess maybe Boston if Brad Stevens is because Tice has not been the same player this year. So. Yeah. I mean, Thompson, I thought Thompson played pretty well the last couple of games without Daniel Tice too. So yeah, pretty much just there's hope for Charlotte, which means like you probably should work on trading Drummond. Yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be so tough though. That's the thing. Like <laughs> so tough. this is yep. his stock is at an all-time low, but you know, mm-hmm. do you try to trade him and, and sell the person on? Oh, he might get the, he might land in Brooklyn and play with the Nets, and yep. maybe yep. they're excited about that. I don't know. That's yeah. tough. I don't think I mean most people would like you think you would go to Brooklyn and that would be good. Oh yeah. yeah, you know they don't play DeAndre Drummond a lot. They don't have a center. They're playing Jeff Green and Sir. That's bad. Like that's good. Like Nash wants to do that. So um, yeah, I like maybe you could try to sell them that idea. Like oh, they're gonna go to Nets. Which I think people think that you know that he's gonna go to the Nets. So yeah, everyone's been saying that. You know, I, I go yeah. on different radio shows and stuff like that, and they were like, "How crazy will this team be with Andre Drummond?" Yeah. Like it's already happened. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right, kinda, right. Yeah, everyone's assuming that. Uh, but no, that's good <laughs> advice. Uh, the next question is from Spencer Davies, who's actually one of my coworkers nice. here. He's a big fantasy fan, so uh, Spen- I know Spencer's awesome, man. He help- he makes me sound smart in a lot of cast stuff. Reading some of stuff so <laughs> no, he he loves your work too. I know he's a big fan of what you do. We've talked really about cool. you on our Slack, so um, nice. only positive things. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> he said, uh, "How do you distinguish between nights to go with chalk and nights to go contrarian in DFS? Should there always be a bench player in your DFS lineups?" Well, the second part of that question is easy. Uh, don't look at bench. Don't look at bench roll. Um, you know, if you think a guy's going to get minutes, great. Uh, it's that's all. That's all that really matters. The first part of the question is really complicated. Um, yeah, so, that's tough. Yeah, so it's a great question, but like it all depends on the slate. Like it depends, and it depends on what you're trying to do. Like if you're in, like so, 
like if you're playing like single entry tournaments versus like multi-entry tournaments like if you're playing multi-entry tournaments you're gonna have to be off the board at least a couple spots because and this is kind of simple and this is uh my god your dinkmeyer's thing you don't want to have the lineup that everybody has you don't want to have the players that everybody has because like just say for instance if there's 10 of you guys with, with, are making a lineup and nine of you guys or eight of you guys are making the same lineup, you're only competing against two other lineups, you know? So like, that's great. You'd rather do that and be diversified rather than being one lineup, even if you're taking a hit on some guy that may not be a quote, good play. So yeah. Um, it, again, it all just depends on like, uh, for me, I'm, I always just try to think about the role. Like if I'm going to play a guy that's not, you know, like if he's in a bad matchup or something, but if his role's good and he's cheap, like play him. You know, I mean, there's yeah. guys. Guys just make shots. They're good players, no matter what. Co- we saw what. I mean, look at the shots Dame hit on Dort the other night. I mean, fade away thirty five footers. Like they're NBA players, man. That doesn't really matter the matchup sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, again, just make sure you're taking guys with really solidified roles, um, and then also stacking is huge. So if you're gonna play a guy who's like, you know, cheap, and you're playing. Dame, you know, say you're like, oh, I'm playing Dame. Oh, maybe I can get Gary Trent Jr. in there if this game goes to overtime because getting the extra five minutes, that can really add up. And like the, the Pacers game going to overtime the other day and like Sabonis breaking the slate at 80 pointer, that's key. So like if you could pick games that are like close spreads um, and try to, in high scoring environments, good game environments, that could be really helpful for you too. Yeah, I think it also depends if you're playing like cash games or GPP yep. oh, yeah. too. Because I mean, yeah. That's that's sorry. Well, yeah, if you're playing cash game, like you just play the best plays. Yeah, like, don't don't suck yourself out. Just play the guys that are the best plays. No, for sure. Um, the next question is also DFS related from Jamie Honduras. They asked, uh, "Do you prefer when there or did you prefer when there was no late swap or when FanDuel dropped the lowest score?" I am kind of anti late swap because, like. If you're playing to win DFS, you're very pro late swap. I don't really, I'm not a professional DFS player, but like I didn't like it because I just want to like enjoy the games, watch them, analyze them, do all that stuff. And, um, you know, playing late swap, like, oh, okay, now I got to do this. Uh, right. Like, last night, for like last night, for instance, a perfect example, Dennis Schroeder out. That changed the slate. Like, okay, Taylor Horton Tucker doesn't get more minutes. Alex Caruso doesn't get more. Wes Matthews is starting. Like, all that changed in an instant. Um, so that, pretty much just takes you from watching the Raptors kill the, kill the bucks last <laughs> night. So um, yeah, it really just depends. Like if you want to be a winning player, you're very pro late swap um, on the, on the uh, score drop. It didn't bother me. Like it's just all strategy. Like, you know, you just, you just play more higher upside, lower floor guys. Uh, and then just if one is bad. Okay. So you're kind of more likely to do starts and scrubs that way. So it's all just strategy. All right. Well, thank you to everyone that submitted questions. We appreciate that. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to talk about NBA Top Shot for a second. For those who don't know, NBA Top Shot is a blockchain-based platform where you can buy and sell moments, which are essentially digital trading cards. You know, For example, you could buy a LeBron James dunk from a specific game, and every moment is numbered, so you know how rare it is. Uh, NBA Top Shot is still pretty new. Uh, but some of the, the moments are selling for like $100,000 and it's becoming really popular. Um, I actually have an article dropping soon on basketballnews.com about NBA Top Shot. It kind of gives a behind the scenes look at the company and where they're going from here and some of the new things that they're going to be rolling out. So stay tuned for that. 
Um, but Mike, I noticed that a lot of DFS experts and players are very interested in top shot and they're sort of treating it like DFS where they're identifying players who are undervalued or on the verge of breaking out. They buy some of their moments, wait for the guy to play well and, you know, kind of turn it on. And then they flip those moments at the right time. I know people like Oliver Maroney, who's a friend of the show, he's tripled or quadrupled his money by kind of doing this. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of crossover between NBA top shot in fantasy, especially DFS and that community. Uh, can you mm -hmm. kind of speak to that? Yeah. I mean, most people I know who are DFS people are generally early adopters on really anything. Like, so it being blockchain based and with NBA, like, oh my God, what a perfect marriage. So yeah. And again, it's just like all of us DFS fantasy people, we're all just like obsessed with our own opinions and to be able to, <laughs> you know, put a, uh, you know, quantify how we feel about a player. It's just a really cool idea. Um, but yeah, I, I was really frustrated with the process early on because I was trying to get packs and I would just, and they, and interestingly, I met, like we just mentioned that the DFS people are like, basically their target audience, you know, people who live it, breathe it. And they're like obsessed with this stuff. And like, they kept doing the pack drops when like the lineups would lock, which is like oh, the worst possible time. That's funny. But besides like in the middle of the night, you know, but, um, so it was like, Oh, why are you doing a lineup lock? But, um, and yeah, anyways, but yeah, it's, it's so cool. And it's amazing that like, even like the esoteric rookies that are like people most people don't know like their rookie cards are still going for a ton of money while like i want it was like oh i want to get a tyrese halliburton and cause i didn't get it in my pack and they're like oh man so expensive for yeah for halliburton and all that so yeah i i'm new into it i know a lot of people were really into it uh you know a couple guys i work with went in on that um the john morant that went for 36k oh yeah um, yeah and obviously the the zion that went for 100k it's it's so cool it's not going anywhere it won't be long before there's nfl versions and nascar versions baseball versions like it's definitely the next big thing and it's so cool like people who aren't into it like most most people who are into dfs are pretty pretty likely but guys who are like quasi sports fans like hey have you heard of top shot I'm like no and then you know you know it's like oh i just bought this john wall behind the back pass moment check it out like it's really cool you know you don't have to worry about stepping on it or your dog eating it. Like, it's really cool. Right, yeah. Unlike cards, yeah, it's not going to get damaged or anything like that. Yeah. And I feel like uh, in the beginning, people were kind of making jokes like, oh, so you're buying a GIF mm -hmm. or a YouTube video. But now mm -hmm. more people are getting it. And I know there's there's trading card services out there where you can buy the card and just keep it in a vault anyway, which is basically the same thing where you never mm -hmm. actually hold the card in your hand. You just know you own it. Um, but yeah, yeah, so and the fact that they've done a really good job of... Um, I think the card or the uh, the moments look really cool and you know you can display your collections and and that kind of stuff the marketplace is really cool. I agree with you. I was frustrated early on because you couldn't buy packs. I know the main reason why is because it's blown up overnight. They went from like mm -hmm. 30,000 users in December and then I think they had an endorsement deal with Tyler Hero and like yep. it doubled their 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 user base and then since then you have Mark Cuban and Gary V and all these guys talking about it. So everyone's on the site trying to get packs. And I know they're Josh Hart to... was tweeting about it last night. So. Yeah. Josh Hart did a Twitch stream where he's opening packs. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's blowing up. And I know they're trying yeah. to keep it fair too, where, you know, they want to make sure that bots and hackers can't get in and get a bunch of packs or, you know, they were talking about, okay, well maybe we do something where new people can get the priority and they can get packs, but then people are just going to create new accounts and, and try to act yep. like they're new. So there's really no great way to do it. And I know they were kind of surprised with how, quickly it blew up but they have a great team over there and um you know i'm excited to kind of write that article to kind of break things down and yeah, talk man. about what's ahead but it's a really cool idea and everyone i think the fact that you're already seeing moments sell for hundred thousand dollars and the fact that you're already seeing you know they had a drop the other day and i want to say they had 
they sold out in minutes and you know you had 60,000 70,000 people waiting for you know uh i think it was t- like 25,000 packs like it's it's yeah. crazy the the amount of interest and it's so new still like a year from now when there's actually a bigger user base and you know more players are talking about it cuz there's there's players right now that are interested but it's been a lot of fringe guys uh like Josh yeah. Hart and i think um uh Bogdanovich bought his own moment uh and yeah. Tyler Hero had the endorsement deal, but like there are players that actually are invested in it too. There's five NBA players yeah. who are on the board and have invested. It's only going to get bigger a year, two yeah. years from now. So these moments that are going for a hundred thousand now, who knows what they're worth, you know, years yeah. from now. Yeah. And it was funny. Like you mentioned them, um, that cool cats pack drop. Like it's funny. Everyone was like, I was talking to people like, I hope I'm only like 35,000 in line. Like think about that. Like yeah. the whole arena is full of people like waiting to get to, like football arena almost, you know, to like get a pack. Uh, and then the other thing too is like it's funny how me and like a couple other friends are like, "Hey mom, could you set up for Top Shot so I can use your account?" And like <laughs> it's like everyone's like ex- talking to their like extended relatives and just like, "Oh yeah, good Top Shot." And like my wife's into it. Yeah, my wife's into it. She fun. has she has she's not interested in basketball much at all, but she's thought this is really cool and has been you know she bought a pack the other day and she's Hell selling yeah. them and stuff like that so yeah it's i think it's really i think it's really cool uh i think it's only going to keep growing uh we mm-hmm. did a thing um me and four of my friends uh oliver maroney jesse blancarte shane rhodes and dennis chambers who are you know they're also media type guys they they cover the nba and stuff like that they we all bought into the legendary packs they had i think it was a week or two ago or two weeks ago they were like 999 dollars. so we each put in 200 bucks and i was kind of worried at first but you know people that are much smarter than me were saying look there's all these moments are going for a ton these legendary ones are selling for crazy we're not going to lose money on this i was like all right let's do it then i'll give it a try we ended up getting a rudy gobert legendary card or moment i keep saying card but moment (laughs) uh and we sold it for three thousand dollars so right there we tripled our money we had a kyle lowry limited one we had a uh bogdanovich limited one a uh, bogdan and that went for i think it was a couple hundred bucks so like it was crazy i'm, I'm thinking you know it, the legendary ones I, I know eventually they have some plans to release i think it's ultimate and then genesis are the next tiers where they'll be like one of one cards or one of what? three cards or how moments. much are they gonna be yeah, yeah. The, that's what i was gonna say like imagine lebron yeah. james one of one moment like what is that gonna oh, go for God. it's gonna be crazy like literally a crib seriously it's so cool though no i love it it's it's like it's when the pack like everyone's like my friends who aren't on twitter who are into it now they're like oh but did the pack drop pack drop get announced yet like dude man get get your own internet (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've been mainly trying to buy packs like the marketplace is pretty cool too though where you can again you know if you i feel like someone like yourself who is constantly studying players and you know looking at trends you know you yep. go, you almost have an advantage you can you know especially mm-hmm. with like the rookies and some of the uh you know bench players that maybe the general fan or casual fan doesn't know about you're able to kind of know who's on the rise and who could break out so i feel like it's an advantage yep. for someone like you that's doing your homework anyway for fantasy and yep. you can apply it to this for sure yeah like i mentioned al horford possibly getting traded like i know people who bought isaiah roby cards yeah you know? like just super super smart thinking so yeah, it's it's like what well, I mean, like I said, it's such a perfect storm. And I'm I like I basically last night I was like, all right, because I went about the packs and I was like, all right, man, whatever. Who cares about like five, six, seven, eight dollars, whatever? So I like bought uh, you know, I was high on Darius Garland, high on Darius Baisley, I like Darius apparently. Um <laughs> and uh, you know, I bought a bam, like, you know, who cares about like seven bucks? Like that's like a coffee or something, you know. To have like that moment is really cool. And like you said, it's like worst case, you know, you're out hundred bucks. Right. 
best case, you know, it's, it's, you don't even know what the best case is. We don't know. So it's really cool. And I think today, if you're listening to this on Friday, they're about to actually transition some of the common moments over to limited edition moments from, I think, the, the Series 2. So some cards actually, cool yeah, I think they're going to become nice. worth significantly more because Ooh. they're going to be now limited edition because they're no longer printing Series 2. So uh, not to get too into the weeds but uh, and you know nerdy about it, but uh, I'm definitely uh, excited for that to happen, kind of see which of my moments transition over but it's really cool i would just tell someone first of all you know check out my article when it drops i'm gonna keep plugging that um, sure. and then uh yeah definitely check it out give it a try it's, it's pretty cool uh we might be doing some live streams where we open packs and stuff where you know if there's interest oh, yeah. in it we can kind of talk about uh the marketplace what you know what's happening in that community and, and open some packs uh whenever we bought the 999 one we went on uh periscope and opened it and stuff like that so we might have some more content around top shot coming soon but yeah, it's a really cool thing. I think it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, the, I'm telling you, the, these have been my obsessions recently. Fantasy basketball and Top Shot. So it's fun. So to, you know, much. It's fun to have you on and kind of talk about it all. Yeah. And just this, the opening the packs is so fun. Yeah. Like talk about and like if, for 14 bucks to spend, you know, four minutes like that was so worth it. I think that's why my wife likes it. Initially, she was like, isn't this just Beanie Babies? And I was like, no, it's not like Beanie Babies. And then she saw me open the pack and then she's like, oh, okay, I get it now. This is pretty cool. Like, this is fun. Yeah. And then, little music. You know, yeah. And I explained like the limited thing versus the common and the numbers. Then she's like, okay. And kind of why I, you know, it could be, you know, who knows? A year from now, we don't know what's going to happen with this. But I was explaining why I think it could keep blowing up. And I think she kind of understood it after that. But, and then sure enough, two days later, she's telling me she bought a pack. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you she bought got anybody good? So she got a uh, Kevin Durant uh, common, but I mean, it's still, it's still pretty good. And then she got yeah. one that I want to say she sold one of them for like 60 or 70 bucks. I forget who it was, but she got some limited edition. I think it was like a younger player. I don't remember. Oh no, it was the Zach Levine limited edition. She did get a, oh, no, she, got, she did get a rookie, but uh, it was a common one, but um, okay. no, so really good. Yeah. The Levine one, I think she sold it for like 70, 80 bucks. So she made, you know, her money uh, back and then some, so yeah, it's been it's been fun. Um, I'm I'm trying to hold on to most of mine. Like, um, mm. I have a few different ones that I could probably sell right now for a couple hundred, but I feel like it, yeah. it just the value is only going to go up. So I, I I'm not. If anybody wants my D'Angelo Russell one? Hit me up. No. Yeah, make go hit him up. <laughs> hit him up for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, if you want my um, uh, I have a Jarrett Culver one, and it's funny because like oh. a few a few of my friends uh do this as well, and we all have the Jarrett Culver one. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. we all have the exact exact same card. Uh, That's but. Funny. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been it's been cool to kind of play around with it, and uh, hopefully they have some new packs coming out soon. Because I know a lot of people want to get interested in it and they want to try it out, but they just can't get any packs. But um, I know they're working on that, so we'll see. Well, Mike, I appreciate you doing this, man. This has been a lot of fun. Again, I could pick your brain for hours, and uh, sorry for I got, I got two hours. <laughs> and again, I, I apologize for the DMs and the tweets bothering you about my uh, fantasy roster, uh, but I appreciate all your help. It's been great. This is awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. No, definitely. Everyone, make sure you check out Mike's work. He does a fantastic job with Establish the Run NBA, including the NBA three ball on YouTube, which is a 10 minute video breaking down a daily video, breaking down the previous night's performances, injuries, best ads. It's awesome stuff. Make sure you follow Mike on Twitter at Mike S. Gallagher so you don't miss any of his work. And if you want to hear more episodes of this podcast, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And until next time, thanks for listening.
Today's episode is sponsored by Greensupply.com. With everything going on in the world, it's more important than ever to stay safe. At Greensupply.com, you can purchase masks, hand sanitizer, and other important health and wellness products, which are all in stock with same-day shipping. Best of all, listeners get 10% off their order when you use the promo code ALEX at checkout. That's A-L-E-X for 10% off your order. They have KN95 masks, cloth masks, hand sanitizer, and other supplies like forehead thermometers and UV boxes. Visit Greensupply.com. Today. That's greensupply.com.